Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr and I'd like to welcome you to the 95th episode of the Black Ink Podcast. And today I want to start with something that's been pressing me quite deeply, okay? Crosswalks, okay? No, 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 it just wasn't a good start. Why do I look like I'm sitting so fucking low as well? Oh, I forgot that the pen has a hole in it. Now my pen is full of mocha. Fuck me. Classic, you know? And it didn't improve the mocha. That's all right. Rightio. Shall we begin? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr. This is the Black Ink Podcast. I'd like to welcome you to the 95th episode. Now, firstly, an apology. I am a week late because I was struck down with the fucking, let's call it the flu for now. It was something that was very similar to the COVID virus Delta strain. But look, I'm not going to confirm or deny whether it was one way or the other because I didn't test and I wouldn't know, right? But there is no doubt that I laid in bed just with fucking countless thoughts running through my mind, thinking about what I could talk about on the podcast, yet I just did not have the energy or the backbone to get up and record a podcast. And on top of that, I was so damn nasally that it wouldn't have been fun to listen to anyway. So here we are, two weeks later, recording episode 95. And don't forget, there's only five episodes left in the bank before this podcast ceases to exist. So if you're a long-time fan, I apologize. If you're a new-time fan, you better make it, make the most of what's left and maybe even go back and listen to all the old stuff and let me know what you think. Look, I'm not saying that I'm not going to do long-form conversations uploaded to the internet in the future. I'm just saying that this podcast specifically is going to be coming to an end. And I feel like I've achieved everything that I set out to achieve with this podcast. A, I recorded 100 podcasts. Well, by the time I'm done, I will have recorded 100 podcasts. And B, I sharpened the sword of being able to get my thoughts into words and furthermore, explain them on camera, which is one of those weird skills that you don't believe it's extremely fucking hard until you're doing it. And then when you try doing it, you end up just going, um, oh, hi, I'm mine. Who cares, right? Now, most pressing topic on my mind, zebra crossings, okay? I just feel like people fail to understand. Okay, start from the start. What's a zebra crossing? What are you talking about? I'm talking about pedestrian crosswalks. You know where they decorate the road with those zebra stripes so that you know that cars and, you know, or vehicles have to give way to you if you're on foot or on a push bike. So the idea is that this is typically a high traffic area for people who are on foot and also it's an increased safety uh, issue because obviously you've got pedestrians and cars mixing. Now, obviously, the problem with pedestrians and cars mixing is that cars can weigh up to two or three tons and pedestrians normally weigh somewhere between like 50 and 100 kilos. So the problem is if they get hit by a car, it's a pretty fucking detrimental, detrimental experience they're gonna go through, right? So the idea of a crosswalk is that it allows you safe passage from point A to point B and the cars have to appreciate this and give way to you. Now, I understand in theory, that's fucking awesome. 
you know? That's so cool that we came up with this thing that allows us to safely get from where we need to go if we're walking and we're around cars. But I feel like an unwritten rule that a lot of us probably do think about, and we're like, you know what, this is the case, but a lot of people just aren't appreciating this. If I'm in a car and you're crossing on a crosswalk and I stop for you, that's your privilege, right? I saw you and I stopped, right? But if I'm on my way and you're not near the crosswalk, I don't have to stop for you, okay? If you're on foot and I'm in a vehicle, coming to a complete stop is incredibly easier for you than what it is for me, okay? And if I see you coming from over near, even if I know we're coming up to a crosswalk, and I know that by me passing through that means that you have to slow down your pace or maybe even stop, so be it. That's what's up. And do you know why that's what's up? Because if I don't change my mind and you don't change your mind to slow down, you come off worse out, right? So, if you see me coming in a car at a crosswalk and you're a reasonable way away, I'm not going to stop. I probably won't even make eye contact with you because just eye contact is communication enough to say that I acknowledge you and I'm going to slow down. And as a pedestrian, like let's let's roll reverse this, right? If I'm a pedestrian and I see you in a car approaching a crosswalk and I'm not anywhere near it, I'll start slowing down so that you can cross over without any guilt on your conscience. That's me communicating to you without words, without even eyesight saying, you know what? I appreciate that if you hit me, you fuck up the rest of my life. That's what that is. And sometimes the line between what's too far away and what's too close for the car to stop or to speed up and just get the fuck out of the way, sometimes that line is blurred. And sometimes that line will change considering on the conditions around that situation. You might have some weather involved. You might be in a group of people. There might be a fucking line of people that are all distance out that awkward amount, like fucking like two and a half meters, mean that if I stop for you, I've got to stop for the dickhead who's also 15 meters away, who I can see has no priority of getting over this road fast, and I'm trying to get to McDonald's to get to my coffee, okay? So, understand that if you're a pedestrian at a crosswalk, I know that the law favors you, but understand that my bull bar doesn't, okay? So you need to act like a fully functioning, thinking fucking human being and appreciate that sometimes people aren't going to stop. And it's not because they don't know the rules and it's not because it's a personal attack of you. It's because we're all humans and we're all living life and we're all trying to do shit. Okay. And I know, I know, I know that there's some lines painted on the road and I know that there is an agreed social structure that means that in the right circumstance, I have to stop and give way to you. But also, there is an undeniable rule of fucking physics that if your body comes into contact with my car while it's moving, you're fucked, <laughs> you know? So, I'm, not, I'm look, and you're probably saying like, Jake, you can't just... You can't just go over crosswalks however you want. You can't just speed up and almost hit people and threaten them with, like, you know, ruining their life with hitting your car. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Okay? Because this is actually a bigger... This is a bigger conversation that I'm having. Okay? This comes down to common sense. This comes down to actually spending your life thinking and not just acting. Right? Because it's the same privileged motherfucker who thinks that I got to stop for them while they approach a crosswalk. Not even near. They just get a, hey, hey, I'm getting close to the stop. I'm getting close. You better fucking stop your car. That's the same dickhead who like talks on their phone on speakerphone in line at Coles. You know exactly who I'm talking about. 
okay? This is the same bitch who has half of her hair shaved and the other half of her hair up like a fucking cockatoo thinking that she's top shit, but everyone just knows she's going through a midlife crisis. You know what, Sally? Fuck off. <laughs> That's what's up, okay? But it's, I'm a dickhead. Don't listen to me, you know? Mm. On top of that, and I know what you're thinking. You think that I just came back from McDonald's and I had some crosswalk experience? No, 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 sweetie. I've been living my whole life thinking about shit like this, okay? That's just an example of some real shit that happens all the time that people go without thinking about and then they find themselves in a situation where they're approaching the crosswalk and they're like, they're feeling good because they're like, oh man, it's fucking, it's Thursday afternoon, I'm knocked off work, I'm feeling fucking good, I'm watching a new episode of Narcos tonight, oh, I'm coming up to a crosswalk too, everyone's got to bow down to me. No, they don't, you're a dickhead. That didn't just happen. It happened so many times, and now it's getting to me. Okay? And that's just life, baby. You know what? Another thing that actually did happen to me this morning, while I was in the drive-thru at McDonald's, that I realized something that I've been doing my whole life is being scared of it. I've been scared of life my whole life. I really have been. And it's only just recently that I'm starting to realize that this is, this is my shit going on, and I'm allowed to have some sort of control and some sort of say about what's happening, you know? Because... I was in the drive-thru and I was in my beautiful 3.5 turbo Ranger, right? It's 2011, it's PK, it's the older model, it is what it is, I paid $9,000 cash for it, I fucking love this vehicle, alright? I'm sitting in my car, I'm waiting for my turn in line, and this P-plate courier pulls up, right? You know, he's in like a, a dual cab white Ford courier. And he's got all the boys in there and they've got all their fucking Osiris sunnies on and their hats and their fucking, their outfits and shit. And you know how they sit, you know how they sit in the side of the car where they're like, for some reason they're sitting super low somehow. And they've got like, you know, the head only just pops up over the fucking arm and they got the glasses on. Then they're looking at you with half a fucking smart ass smirk on their face. Dude, pee plater as well. So you know these motherfuckers are all like collectively fucking 30 if you add all of their ages together. Anyway, not important. I look at them and see them not even looking at me, just looking in my direction. I'm like, oh, fuck, uh, sorry, boys, didn't mean to offend you. Just keep doing whatever you're going to do. Just don't bash me, you know what I mean? Just don't fucking bash me. We live in Bunbury. It's 8.30 on a fucking Thursday morning. These dickheads aren't going to bash me, right? And I, I forget that. <laughs> like, I forget that all the time. I forget that most people are just living their life. And sometimes people actually forget how they look. They're just trying to look the best they possibly can, whatever fashion that means. And sometimes that's big, stupid, reflective Osiris sunnies. Sometimes that's what it is. And because maybe I hadn't experienced fucking 15 years ago with someone who didn't like me and he was wearing Osiris sunnies. By the way, I don't think Osiris even makes sunnies. Osiris just make those big, obnoxious shoes that fucking, you know, admittedly one of my best friends wears. Not the point, right? I'm just saying, they're wearing fucking crazy big reflective sunnies. They're probably... A Sonny's brand. I don't know. So, <laughs> so when they look at me, I'm like, fuck, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to upset them. I don't want them to come over here and pull me out of my car and, you know, bash me for the $17 in my bank account. So I just look forward. And then I realize that I get this clear view of them in my, in my mirror. Right. And this is the best part. So they're out there in my mirror. So I'm like, oh, I get to watch them. And they don't kind of know that I'm watching them. So I watch them get out and I realize they're all fucking, of course, they're all 17 years old. You know what I mean? They've all got legs on them that are like fucking this round. What the fuck are you worried about? What are you worried about? You know what I mean? They're just dudes who are trying to go and get some fucking big brekkie McMuffin meals or whatever. 
and they're just, they're, just, they're just hanging out with their boys. You know what I mean? I've probably been one of them getting out of that car at one stage and other people looking at me like, don't fucking make eye contact with them. They got hand tattoos, they're probably gonna kill us. You know? It's so fucking weird to think that we're all just each other living our own lives, you know? It's such a weird concept at all to be a human that's thinking about a human living a human experience. But look, I haven't smoked any weed for the past nine days and I can't even blame those thoughts on just being a, a stoner dude. So, here we are. I am, as I said, this is my 10th day sober. I am coming off the back end of the fucking flu and I'm entering into the crazy wildest part of anything that Black Ink has had to offer yet. So where I left off in my last podcast was I was talking about the Brooklyn bust up. I was talking about my winter range and I was talking about, oh, there was a third thing, kind of been important. I don't remember it. Now, did the bust up go well? It went too well. It went fucking way too well. We wanted to get like, uh, our capacity is 120. I tried to get at least 150 people in there. Throughout the entire night, we had over 300 people pass through the door. It was a fucking crazy success, okay? So for everyone who did come to the Brooklyn Bust Up, if you're watching or listening to this, I thank you. For everyone who went to the Brooklyn Bust Up Round 2, which was the Sunday session that happened this weekend just gone, I thank you as well. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there because I had my feet up on the couch and so much snot stuck in my fucking brain that I couldn't even comprehend the idea of leaving the house, let alone going down to enjoy some cheap drinks and great environment down at Brooklyn 32. So if you went to those events, again, thank you. Now... Do I think I got sick at the original Brooklyn bust up? Absolutely I did. Because what happens when you make an event and you want to get like 120 people there and you end up getting like fucking over 300 people there is you send it. And you don't just send it like a bitch. You send it like you're going to fucking never send it again. You understand? I actually left there about half an hour before they closed up shop and I went over to Lost Bills and it was such a better vibe. Not not that it was a better vibe in that it was, uh, it, it was fucking a better vibe. It was just a better vibe for me because I've gone from having my ears ringing from pumping music, people everywhere, sweaty bodies, taking 15 minutes to get to the toilets because you have to do these ones through the fucking crowd, try not to touch anyone. And look, I don't really appreciate crowds, but I did appreciate coming up with a cool event that had that response. I just needed a little bit of fucking chill time. So I end up going to Lost Bills. I run into some friends there. They've got like, they've got their normal capacity for a Saturday night. So I'm running into people I know. I'm like, what's up, what's up? I'm having cocktails, I'm having a good time. I end up spending like an hour and a half there, right? What happens after that? I go to Fitzy's. And as you know, if you had the wristband on from the Brooklyn bust up, that means that you get to line skip at Fitzy's and you also get half price entry. Hey, you're welcome. So. I skip the fucking line. I see all the dickheads standing in line who didn't go to the Brooklyn bust up. And what do I do? I, I slap my knee and I hold my ribs as I laugh at those motherfuckers because they didn't get the experience of the Brooklyn bust up and the advantage of not having to wait in line. And I walk straight past them while I went up to Glenn. I shook his hand. I slapped him on the ass and I walked my way. In. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't slap him on the ass. Thought about it, but I didn't slap him on the ass, right? So I go in there and... Of course, I've just partied for fucking, you know, three hours at Brooklyn. I've partied for an hour at fucking Lost Bills. And I'm just getting warmed up, right? It's 1am or it's 12am and daddy's just getting warmed up, okay? So I go in there, I start on the vodka Red Bulls. I keep on going on the vodka Red Bulls. It's about three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, i got to stop drinking vodka Red Bulls because my heart rate is fucking crazy, okay? So... 
we end up looking around, we get a bit of a posse together. It's like, right, let's wrap this up. Let's go to fucking kick-ons and start to wind this bitch out because it's been a fucking big night, right? <clears throat> so we go home and long story short, kick-ons of course finishes at fucking lunchtime the next day or something crazy. And it was just an absolute belter of a night. It was a 13 hour shift of pure partying, socializing, talking shit and having fun. And it probably gave me the coronavirus, okay? Because by the time it came to like, I mean, that was Saturday. It, it happened on Friday night. So it was Saturday by the time everything kind of wound down. I had a bit of a tickle in my throat. I'm not feeling 100%. But after you've just stayed awake for 36 hours, you don't feel 100%. You don't feel great. So I don't think that I'm sick. I just think that I'm a sick cunt, right? So I keep just doing me. And of course you mull around the house, you have some fun, you know, you watch some Netflix, you're on the YouTubes, you're doing what you do. Comes to Sunday, not feeling much better. And it comes to Monday, I get straight back into work because your boy's an animal. Boy's an animal, right? So I keep going, I do my thing on Monday. And at this point I'm like, okay, this doesn't just feel like it's, uh, like it's the come down. It actually feels like something's going on here. By the time I woke up on Tuesday morning, it I was I was like in incomprehend in, incomprehensibly like unwell. I didn't understand that my body had the capability to pull so much of my good, you know, that good fiber, that just normal day to day, like, oh I feel good, I'm doing my thing. All of that was so drained. And next thing you know, it's fucking eight o'clock in the morning, I'm in the shower, I'm crying to myself. Cause I'm like, ah, uh, why am I broken? Why does my head not work? Why am I coughing up all the colors of the rainbow at the moment? What's going on? And of course, sick, sick, you know? So I end up fucking from there until, I mean, what? The following Monday, I guess, whatever it was, like it, it was just fucking on the couch. There was no other option. I had to stay put. I had to just fucking not even consider doing work. And like, I still did this bullshit thing where like, you know, I, I don't know about you, but like, I'm not looking for a reason to stop work ever. I'm looking for the reason why I should keep going. And, and I'm trying to like sneak in like, oh, my day's completely done. Oh, it's 4.59, we can still start tomorrow morning's job if we get started right now sort of thing. So I was pushing to achieve as much as I possibly could even while I was doing that and like bullshit things where I would come out and, and go like, right, I'm just gonna do 45 minutes work, then I'm gonna recover for two hours. And then come out, do 45 minutes work. And then the following day, I was like, right, let's do an hour's work and recover for an hour. I do an hour's work, recover for an hour. But of course, hindsight being 2020, now it's just like, dude, when you're sick, just be sick, okay? That's your job to be sick. It's your job to recover. And that job looks like doing nothing. And that is the challenge. But look, it's a personal thing that I have to fucking learn within myself. But at the same time, I mean, if your goal is to, to you know, live a cool life and to maybe own a house one day and have some kids and, and all that, you know, you can have that bitch mentality where you're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm sick, I can't do anything. I'm trying to get it all. I'm trying to be a fucking millionaire, right? I, I, don't want, I don't want a slice of the pie. I want four fucking pies, okay? By the time I'm dead, I want to be like, God damn it, I did everything, okay? So... That's the mentality you need to fucking, if you're going to be that guy, I feel like that's, that's the shit you got to have going on in your mind. Even when you're sick, you're like, right, what can I do? What doesn't take my full bandwidth that still moves the needle, that still fucking kicks goals, right? But I do know that if I had to just give myself a little bit more time, then I probably would have found the recovery time would have been shorter overall. 
if I had just admitted that like, okay, the first day you feel good doesn't necessarily mean that you're recovered. It just means that you're feeling better than what you were yesterday. But hey, it is what it is. <laughs> mm. Also, I got something that I actually want to talk about. I haven't even touched on it yet. Before I get to that, oh, that mocker is just bullshit, hey. Unless it's the day like McDonald's, I don't want to fucking know about it. And what did I do this morning? I ran myself a little bit short of time. So I go to the forum because it's just down the road. I think I'm making the right choice. Wrong. I made the wrong choice. I should have just spent the extra 10 minutes, gone to Dale and McDonald's, got the nice lady behind the counter there because she is. She's nice. You know, she's nice. But I didn't. I didn't do that. I fucked up and I got this shitty mocker. It's like a fucking six out of 10. Anyway, this fucking... This thing that I came across on Instagram yesterday fucking blew my mind, right? It's got this... Uh, let me explain it to you because you probably have seen it if you're, if you're a listener of the podcast. You're obviously a Black Ink fan, so you would have seen my story on Instagram. But let's pretend that you didn't. I want to give you the full story, okay? So I come across... It was actually on Hella Mark Harley's uh, story where he... If you don't know, Hella Mark Harley, spelled exactly how you think... He posts a heap of funny shit that he come across on Instagram, and he also posts a little bit of organic content in there as well that he does himself. Funny guy, he works alongside Brendan Sharp and Brian Callan on The Fighter and the Kid. He also has his own podcast. I'm a big fan of all of his work, but the thing that I'm the biggest fan of is the shit that he puts in his stories, because every day he'll post 100 stories, and his kill rate for comedy is like fucking 80%. I love his shit. He claps back on people's comments so fucking smart and wittily that it's like, dude, I'm here. You see me in the comments with the popcorn, bro, going hard. So he posts this story, which was someone else's reel. So someone's made this video, right? And I think the, the account was crazy bitch problems. Now, before I even get into the content itself, when someone thinks they're a crazy bitch, they're not, okay? You're pretentious. You're probably a little bit narcissistic, but you're not crazy, okay? I've seen crazy. Hey, I've fucked crazy. That's not crazy, okay? You're just someone who wants attention. You're just someone who's a little bit of a slut for people giving you likes and comments, okay? That's not crazy. So don't crazy bitch problems me. You've already upset me with the fucking title of the page. All good. I'm a man. I can move past the title. It's not a big deal. It is, but I've moved past it, okay? Now, the video is of this chick laughing, right? And she's like pointing up and then she's like laughing and obviously she's pointing to a caption in the top of the screen where it's saying, um, you know, someone at my funeral, take my phone and message everyone. Thanks for coming. Uh, and obviously the joke is, if you don't understand the joke, the idea is that a dead person is messaging you at their own funeral saying thanks for coming. Um, I'm not going to comment on how funny that joke is. I'm going to leave that completely in your court. Uh, the problem that I had was the laugh that she was doing was very fake and that's cool. I mean, as someone who makes a lot of content, there's a little bit of shit that I put up that isn't a hundred percent wholesome. It's not a hundred percent accurate and real. And I appreciate that for the sake of the joke, sometimes you're not exactly going to hit the nail on the head, especially if you're producing a lot of content. Now I didn't do research into this fucking idiot. I didn't even go onto the page. All I saw was there was over a hundred thousand likes on it and comments to fucking Gazoo. And I just wondered, like, I didn't wonder actually. I, I, I pictured this fucking idiot, 
right? Who's a, you know, 20-something-year-old chick with the fucking bob haircut and the glasses. I just pictured her in her house coming up with that joke, right? And then I pictured her recording a video going... <laughs> And then once it was recorded, like watching that back and then writing out a little joke and then putting it up the top so it makes sense when she points, it points to the caption and, and then her watching that video and before pressing post, thinking that that's okay. And you know what? I don't just have a problem with this chick. I have a problem with every motherfucker doing shit like this where they don't have the clear common sense to look at something like that and have their spine completely go in a fucking 180 situation like this and keep bending and bending and bending on itself out of fucking cringe. How did you think that was okay? I wouldn't send that as a fucking Snapchat to my friends, let alone post it on a public domain, more so post it on a page, crazy bitch problems, knowing that you're going to get millions of people looking at it. It's terrible. So what do I do? I put all of that in writing. Of course, I add fire. I add fuel to the fire. I post it on my story. I said, can you imagine this bitch recording this in her spare time and then listening to that weird cackling fake laugh sound? <laughs> no one laughs like that. No one laughs like that. And if they do, they don't. You know, they don't. So she listened to that bullshit sound over and over while she typed out a super weak joke, saw it all together as a finished product and then thought, post. And then what do I do? Oh, I follow that story up with me doing exactly that. Now. <laughs> and dude, do you think I could make myself laugh any harder? I've watched, I've watched it like fucking 20 times over and it still makes me laugh how much I'm pulling the piss out of here. And the, the thing is, the crazy part is, like I probably got fucking a dozen people actually like, I didn't, I didn't even put something you can respond on the story. Like I didn't put a poll, I didn't put one of those swipe across things. I didn't do anything. People were responding to me with fucking messages saying like, this is so accurate, this is so funny. And hey, I'm not here to float my own boat. I'm here to make a point that actually the greater point here is the thing that I find more interesting is shit like that, that I know slaps, that I know hit, that I know is actually funny. People, I get more people tell me in real life, like six weeks later, they're like, oh, do you remember that story that you posted about the fucking XYZ? And most of the time I've completely fucking forgot about it because I'm posting so much shit on so many accounts every fucking day that nothing is special to me. But it's only later on that people are like, fuck man, that was fucking funny. Go like that. I was like showing this person. I was showing that person. That shit's funny, man. You know, it's fucking crazy how many people clap back in real life for things like that. And most of the time, it's on things that I think are funny, but I get surprised that not many people respond to. I know that shit slapped because people were actually responding to my shit, like with messages, heaps of them saying like, "This is so accurate, man." And you know what the worst part is? That chick doesn't even know I exist. Oh, she's crazy bitch anyway. Oh, crazy. <laughs> Fucking crazy, all right. So look, something that has been on my mind a little bit lately, and it's something that I was thinking before, it's, it's actually one of those things that I feel like I think about a whole lot, but it, it always displays itself as a different category, as a different sort of thought. So 
I, I never specifically know exactly what I'm thinking about, but I've always got these little kind of like side ideas that after a certain amount of time, they end up collecting together and actually like forming a big idea, right? So I didn't really realize, no, 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 that's not how I wanna start the sentence, okay? This became apparent when I saw one of my good friends who's actually a, I wouldn't call him an influencer. He's probably more of a, he is, he's like a cycling influencer in a way. Um, so he actually posted a story. It was really good. He was asking the camera and his story. He was saying, you know, when I'm talking to people and I'm talking a lot, sometimes it's about myself or something that I'm really interested in. At what point do people stop thinking, this guy is really fun to listen to and they start thinking, I'm sick of listening to this guy. And that's not exactly what he said verbatim. It's just an idea, a general kind of, I'm paraphrasing what he said. It was, it was the idea. He said, when does that confidence turn into ego? When does it go from something that people want to be listening to to something that people want to stop listening to? I thought that's really interesting. It's something that I constantly find myself questioning. Pardon me, gross. I don't fucking care. My podcast. When do I stop talking? And when do I start listening? And even when someone asks a question to me and asks my opinion, what's the appropriate time frame that I have to answer that? And what's the appropriate amount of information to fit into that time frame to make what I have to say valuable? Okay? And I feel like this this question is answered a whole different bunch of ways based on what the information is talking about based on what the conversation is and where it's going and what the end result is and based on who I'm talking to. Because I find that like, I, as you guys know, I mean, I fucking love talking about myself. I would talk about myself for 45 minutes of time on this podcast. I'm at episode 95 and I've got so many things to fucking talk about. Still, you would think I'd be starting to run out. I haven't even scratched the surface. I love talking about me. I fully believe that I'm living a very interesting, specific existence that gives me something to talk about, right? When I talk to most of my friends, the reason why I'm doing all the talking is because the conversation they have to offer is like same shit, different day. I'm still going to work. I'm still got my family. I still got this going on. The things that we find ourselves talking about in depth and going crazy deep is our hobbies, like our, our motorbike riding, or at the moment for me, like when I talk to one of my good friends, Seb, we talk all the time about wheelies. And yes, we can talk about wheelies all day, every day for the end of time. We'll never run out of shit to talk about. There are so many things for us to talk about because it's such an in-depth thing. And even when I'm talking to him about wheelies, he is so much better than what I am. He's not gonna scrape before me. We've got a $250 wager on who's gonna scrape first, bitch. Just give me the money now, okay? He doesn't even have a fucking motorbike at the moment. Just give me the money now. Dude, I would be scraping if I had a subframe on my Grom already. I don't. I know that I'd scrape because I've seen that bitch at 12 o'clock in the reflection of windows while I'm doing wheelies past it. The only reason I haven't scraped yet is there's no subframe to frame. So there's no subframe to scrape. Dude, if I scrape my rear fender, I'd literally have to have the wheel like fucking over my head. You understand? It's not important. I'm just saying I've already won, Seb. All good? All good. Pay me. Okay, so when we have those conversations, I do a lot of listening because he's got a lot to offer that conversation. But most of the time when people come and ask me, hey, Jake, what's going on? What's happening with Black Ink? I've got so much to tell you because there is so much going on. And when I say, well, what's going on in your life? And they go, well, um, I tried single fin for the first time the other day. That's pretty bitter. And you're like, oh, okay, that's good. 
Yeah, I've got a winter range coming out. It's like 380 garments. You want to? See, I, you probably don't want to hear any more about black ink. I'm sorry. Let's talk about single fins some more. You know. So, this question that my friend posed on his story was really interesting. It was really valid. It was something that I could really sink my teeth into because what I think this actually talks about is what do we have to offer each other? And at the same time, as humans interacting with other humans, there are some rules that we understand about communication that speak more about the nature of humanity than it does the individual person that you're talking to. Right? So we go back to that we have two ears and one mouth. You need to spend twice the time listening as you do talking. Now, if everybody followed this rule, there'd be no talking going on by now because obviously if everybody was doing double the listening that they were talking, then we'd have a heap less words in the air. Does that make sense? Like, I, I kind of, it sounds silly. It's just like, if we cut half of the talking that was out in the world and then doubled the listening, there'd be a lot more silence. There wouldn't be talking going on at all. So, I know that even when I'm talking to my friend who tried single fin for the first time the other day and it's a little bit bitter, the quality of what he's telling me, to me and perhaps even to him, is a different quality than what I'm talking about. Because I'm not saying there's any less or more substance in what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is there are more moving pieces in my life to talk about and get in-depth conversations out of and possibly get your your input or your opinion or whatever it might be out of compared to talking about, you know, like the one thing that has changed in their life in the past week is they tried a new beer, right? But the point is, trying that new beer is as important to them as what me starting or creating this winter range is to me. And the idea is not talking about what is valuable the idea is talking about what is important to the person and appreciating that they're not only telling you about it, but they take that seriously enough to be talking about it, that they've probably thought about it before you had this conversation and they're looking for an opening in any conversation, especially with you because we're friends and we want to talk about things that we're interested in. And now they have this moment and now they're talking. And that's one half of what's going on. The other half of it, is when you're actually the person. Let's do the role reversal now. Let's, you're the guy from Black Ink and you've got all stuff going on in your life and whatever it is. And I'm the guy talking about single fin beer. Okay? And I've actually got thoughts about single fin beer. But the problem is, is I know you've got your shit going on with the winter range. So I don't want to talk about single fin beer for 15 minutes if we've only got 20 minutes to talk because I know that you've got stuff going on as well. So at what point does that confidence of being excited about trying a new beer that's better turn into egotistical nonsense where you go on like, yes, I tried single fin, and the reason I tried it is because this bloke from work, he tries it, and the reason that he drinks it is because he got a free sticker once when he got a slab of single beer, and he put it on the back of his patrol, and he loves driving patrols, and the re and like he would only put it on his patrol if he really loved the beer. So I knew that he was into the single fin. It's like, hey, man, hey, 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 I don't fucking care about your work, mate. I don't fucking care about cars, okay? I mean, all good. You want to talk about single fin? That's cool. Let's talk about single fin. Let's talk about beer. Let's talk about how it changed the color of your piss or maybe it talked about how you fucking ruined your missus a bit better that night. Whatever you want to talk about, I don't care about your mate, <laughs> okay? Because it did. It went from confidence to ego real quick. It's just such an interesting 
you know, and I don't have a conclusive thing. This is just something that I find myself, you know, I'll be in the middle, I'll be a balls deep and telling you about something that I really fucking care about. And I have this thing go off in my mind. And it's not even because someone gave me like a mannerism that suggests that perhaps they're not interested in what I'm talking about, or maybe the conversation's gone on too long. I get sick of the sound of my own voice. And it's just like, hey man, fucking shut up. Shut up. And what is actually worse than just stopping in the middle of something that is actually kind of interesting or important is being the person who goes like, oh, sorry, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm talking too much. And then you're kind of waiting for someone to go like, no, 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 tell the rest of your story. No, no, I want to hear it. No, go for it. Go, go. And you're like, oh, all right. So anyway, fucking, it's just a weird game that we play with ourselves and with each other. And it's a game that if you lose the game, if you're not good at it, you can get yourself to a point where people don't want to listen to you. People don't want to hear the second sentence because the last time you had a conversation, the 150th sentence was so fucking stupid that now you've fucked it for the rest of uh, the rest of conversational time. It's just such an odd dance we have with each other. And that ties into another thing. When we talk about confidence, when we talk about that kind of, that kind of like self-energy that you're bringing into these situations or these conversations. It's really easy to, you know, doubt yourself and, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like especially as a guy, there's this like, uh, there's like this, this kind of peak in, in self-confidence that you have when you're in your mid-twenties and then it starts to dwindle off the more you realize you're not that special, you're not that cool, you don't have that many things going on in your life that are noteworthy, you know? But there is this faux confidence that you ride with the whole way up during your teenage years and your 20s. And this is the reason you can fuck girls is because you've got a bit of confidence that comes from God knows where. Probably your parents telling you that you're a handsome young man and that you can do anything you want with your life. But we have this faux confidence that we ride and then all of a sudden someone might say something to you or you might have realization or you might be looking at some dude that's fucking jacked and covered in tattoos on Instagram and you realize you're not him. And then all of a sudden it dwindles off. And then all of a sudden that doubt is just a little seed in your mind, but it grows into this massive oak tree that then becomes your character of a lack of confidence. And then most of the time, this is all happening below the surface. Most of the time people in your friends group and in society and in your workplace and all the rest, they still see that confident guy you were at 21 who struts around and has these little characteristics. Oh, that's just the way he is. He's a real fucking go-getter sort of bloke. But at the same time, within you, you're like, oh, that's actually not me. You know what I mean? Like, I know I swear a lot, but I'm actually not the guy who fucking, who fucking cunty rah, rah, rah. That's actually just covering up an insecurity of who I really am or who I'm really not. And I'm now realizing that. That's scary. That's really scary. But it's something that almost has to happen. You almost have to burn the house down so you can rebuild a better one. And that's the whole fucking purpose. And if you can find something in your character that allows you to be honest about the fact that you've just burnt the house down because you want to build another one and that's going to be your mission for the next five years or ten years or the rest of your life, that itself can be confident and that itself can be sexy. Right? But... We live in a society, and especially in a small town like Bunbury, where most people burn the house down and then put up a tent and then try and convince everyone that their tent is the fucking coolest, you know? And that tent usually looks like a lot of debt and some bullshit um, possessions that don't really increase to your life. They just increase to the debt, you know? And <laughs> usually they're just the same bullshit possessions that your mate's got with debt. And 
that becomes your character. You know, you're the jet ski guy, or you're the guy with the fucking big backyard and nice shed, or you're the guy with the fucking Harley, or whatever it might be, right? And I've found that with all that in mind, I mean, maybe I just explained my whole 20s. Maybe I didn't explain something in general. Maybe that was just the experience that I had and I needed to present it a different way so that I can accept it myself, whatever it is. Let's just pretend that you've seen the model that I'm working with, all this confidence up until about the mid 20s and all of a sudden this fucking hole in yourself where you realize like, I'm actually not sure who I am. I'm not sure what my character is. And we live in a time for some reason, I don't know why, and there is, a, there is a why, I just don't know what it is. We live in a time where we're results-based, right? You can have all the sureness in your mind that you are that guy, but until you can actually show someone like, here's the guy I am, you know? Here's what I am. Here's the result. Here's where I said, this is what I'm gonna do, and here's what I fucking did, okay? Because of that fact, because we do need results to show that, okay, here's the reason that I'm confident, it's hard. It takes work. It takes you setting a goal and working every day or have whatever your consistency is, it takes you showing up all the time and working on that goal and getting to a point where you achieve that goal that you can stand back and dust your hands and say, there. And in reality, it takes probably a hundred small goals that are all, you know, pretty cool in their own respect, but at the same time, you're good? What's wrong? Oh yeah, yeah. It's Louie's birthday today and she's outside with the bones, so it's just started raining, so we better get her in otherwise. We're gonna have a little soggy doggy. Hey puppy, how'd you go? She bringing her bone in? Nah. How'd you go? Are you a soggy dog? Hello, do you want to come up and say hello? Come on. Nah, she gone. So in reality, it takes probably a hundred, not, not small goals, probably small to medium goals, and it takes achieving a good percentage of them and being able to go, look, I paid off my car, I built this thing out of wood, I went and educated myself on this, I learned how to do this on my rollerblades, on my push bike. I built this relationship with this person, I've got all these things, and you get to a point where you start gaining enough momentum in your goal achieving ability that you can start to identify exactly what your character is. And it's not just through the achieving of the goals, it's through the actual goal setting itself. It's like, what sort of goals do I set for myself? And out of all of the goals that I have, what are the ones that I actually achieve? And in the process of achieving those goals, what are the ones that I enjoy doing? And what are the ones that I look forward to replicating in the future to get even better results? And that's when you start to find out what you're confident about. That's when you start to say, I'm the fucking man and you believe it because you get these results and you start to have a deeper understanding of who you are and what the fuck you're doing, right? And then you start having conversations with people and you start having real things to talk about. And when you have those real things to talk about, you start realizing that you can talk all day about achieving the goal of wanting to learn how to wheelie on a motorbike or learning how to wheelie on a push bike. And in that, you realize at the 45 minute mark, the person you're talking to might not give a single fuck about doing wheelies. They might not care at all. And at what point did that turn from confidence into ego? And then 
you have a second battle, or probably the fucking 50th battle by the time you get to this, where you realize that there is also a goal out there of being someone who is humble in their success. Someone who is appreciative that not only are you going through a journey of figuring out your character and what you want to achieve and what your goals are, but also your neighbor is doing the exact same thing in their own way. And your friend is doing the exact same thing in their own way. And your partner is doing the same thing in their own way. And it looks a little bit different for everyone because while I'm very transparently open and structured about my goals and what I'm trying to achieve and how I'm going to achieve them, and, and I'm sure there are dozens that I've mentioned on this podcast over the past 12 months, everyone has their own unique way of approaching that situation. Because I feel like organically within all of us as humans, we do have a desire to progress and get better. We have a desire to do better on Friday than what we did on Monday. And we have a desire to do better in December than what we did in January. This is why we have New Year's resolutions. This is why we have this whole goal setting talk and mentality from starting from school. And if you had any sort of involvement in sports and activities, it's drilled into you to go like, right, here's where we are, here's where we wanna be. Okay, you know, we're number five on the ladder this year. Next year, we want to be number four or better. Number four is fine, by the way. We don't have to be number one. We just need to be better than number five, you know? And even if we end up at number six, as long as motherfuckers are out there doing a little bit better than what they did last year, that's still better. That's what matters, right? And then you find yourself asking that same question that my friend on his story was asking, at what point does a conversation stop being confident and drill into the ego side? Because if we can figure that out, shit, more people wanna to talk to us, we have better things to talk about, we know when to stop talking, we know when to start talking, we're having better conversations and we're, we're leaving conversations feeling fuller and richer for sharing, for listening, and for, for getting these exciting things off our chest and out into the open. It's something that I think about all the time. It's something that, weirdly enough, like the more goals that I achieve, the, like I have these new perspectives on life. I have these new angles that I approach life and I approach my conversations and I approach my friends and I approach my goals. And, you know, I start to realize like me specifically is like, like I, I made this observation to Riz the other day. This is a little bit off topic, by the way, but I made this observation that I'm so in the mindset of progressing and moving forward that I write my goals down at the start of every month and I don't even outline how I'm going to achieve them. I actually just sit back and I watch them happen because I know by writing them down and I know by looking at them all the time, they're right in front of me at my desk. Every time I sit down, right, the goals for June are this, 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 and, and I don't have like four goals. I've got fucking 30 of them all lined up with a little box next to a little circle next to them so that when I achieve them, I can tick it off, tick it off, tick it off. And you know, you might be fucking halfway through the month and you look at one of them, you're like, Jesus, that's a big goal and I haven't even started on that. And you know, you don't have to write it in your diary. You don't have to make a big deal about it. You've already got it in the back of your mind and you've got some fiber attached to it that says, right, don't, don't forget about that. I don't want to get to the month and, and have that haunt me. I don't want to write that down in next month's goals. I just want to get the, the cunt out of the way. I just want to keep moving forward. And because I've been doing this month after month after month after month, no goals are intimidating to me. So you get to a point where you write down goals that are unachievable. And then you get to a point that you're achieving them. 
And then you understand that the limits that you set for yourself, that you thought, oh, there's no way that I could have a $10,000 a month in my business. Why not? Because you can't picture yourself making $10,000 in your business or because it's actually not possible. Let's pretend that you can do $100,000 a month in your business. What does a $10,000 a month look like? Looks easy, looks easy. What does $10,000 mean? How many things do you have to sell to make $10,000? Okay, you have to, let's say you have to sell 500 things to make $10,000. So what is that, how do you sell 500 things? Well, I guess that kind of means I have to sell like 15 things per day or whatever, you know, I have to sell 20 things per day for 30 days and I guess, or I could sell, you know, 100 things five times in a month, which means I could, or maybe I can sell 125 things four times in a month, which means I have to have four events and Maybe those things, like I can't really sell that many t-shirts. Okay, what if I sell full tracksuit sets? Okay, okay, and now I only have to sell 300 of them. And the, the cogs start turning and you start to go, okay, this, 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 and all of a sudden, you're achieving these goals that not only you thought were impossible for you, but you were thought, okay, even if I did my very best, I couldn't do them. And then that becomes the new standard of like, right, we're gonna do at least that and better you do that often enough and then you realize like, oh, okay, how do I do a half a million dollar month? I know it's impossible, but $10,000 was impossible last month and I did it, right? So how do I do half a million dollars? Because even if I don't get half a million dollars, let's say I only get to $50,000, last month I thought 10,000 was impossible and I did five times that on my way to trying to get to the fucking moon. What's up? What's up? I was driving road trains fucking three years ago. That's what's up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining to, joining me today for this 95th episode of the podcast. I hope you'd enjoyed it a lot more than what I enjoyed that mocker. I'm going to see you next week, same time, same place for episode 96. Until then, be good to your mum because I am fucking out. Yo!